bad finger. He's the man, the man with the lightest touch. A spider's touch. Hi, I'm Ray. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Do You Respect Wood? A Curb Your Enthusiasm Retrospective. In this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into Larry David's hit comedy series, Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's certainly going to be more than one stop and chat as these two schmohawks dissect every single episode of the show. So sit down, have a donut, have a bagel, and enjoy. Milk and coffee. Who would have thought? All right. Welcome back. Uh, we are here with uh, Do You Respect Wood? A Curb Your Enthusiasm Retrospective. And uh, we're going to be covering Season 1, Episode 5 today, The Interior Designer. Um, how you doing over there, Ray? I'm doing good. Very good. I um, I don't know. I meant to... Uh, well, I guess before, before we dive into kind of what's been going on, we wanted to uh, plug the uh, some of the new ways that you guys can reach us, listen to us, um, which is... Right now we're up on uh, probably the Ray. Ray, I don't mean to cut uh-oh. you off. I just said I called it the interior designer. That's what I have in my notes. It's the interior decorator. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. Interior decorator. It, it, and it's just interior decorator. It's not the okay. interior. Okay, I have decorator. the in my notes, but you're right. It's just interior decorator. So, um, well, <clears throat> I guess uh, I guess that was that. <laughs> we're not we're not, See you next not week. as much of the experts as we thought we were. Um, but if you do want to listen to this amateur hour, uh, you can catch us on Apple podcasts now and Spotify along with several other, um, podcast platforms. But I know, you know, personally for me, those probably are, are the two ones I use most frequently. Um, and we got a few reviews already on, um, Apple podcast. Uh, I saw somebody with the uh, username good life, which that's. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like they're they're just living the dream over there, um, and uh, somebody else named Ray. I don't know who that is, but really shout out to him. Oh, that's really, like, awesome! Strong yeah, review. that's strong. Good, li- good life definitely sounds like my. Uh, I don't know why she said good life because uh, it sounds like my wife because she gave me she gave us like a five star review and then she listened to our newest one, and uh, I guess we were she was not happy that we were talking about our wives and the in the light that we were, and she was like, I'm gonna go back and take down my rating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember that conversation. But I guess maybe it's because that we do that all the time. So yeah, it's just like a blur. Yeah, yeah. That's what I told her. I was just like, it's it's gonna happen. So I was like, either you, either you don't listen or, um, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, again, like our, we could take the Kathy Griffin and Seinfeld approach and just start every time they complain, we just we just build it into the next episode. <laughs> well, it's part of my curve story, so that's already great. <laughs> All right. So, before we get into that, I want to ask you, have you seen the new Jerry Seinfeld stand-up on Netflix? I've seen it on there. I haven't watched it yet. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, 23 Hours to Kill. Uh, my wife and I watched it a couple of nights ago, I think. It's about an hour long, you know, typical kind of stand-up special. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, so you know, you get you get the classic mixed reviews. I, I think the problem is his his '90s stand up, which is also on there. The I'm telling you for the last time album. There, the um the video version. I feel like it was like an HBO thing back then, but that's also on Netflix. So I might jump back to that because 
I think that that's just like the gold material. Oh um, yeah, but I don't think it was bad. The twenty three hours to kill. I think it was. I think it was good. But it's like you're constantly. People are constantly comparing it to the best moments of somebody's creation, artistic. You know, we do that with music musicians and everybody, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and I don't know. It's like just his style of comedy, like you know, almost like Will Smith. Like you know, he kind of. He raps happy, where it's like he doesn't curse, and and Jerry's very much like that too. Like I think it, it's harder for him to like to polish an act and have it be funny and not be like cursing, you know, every three minutes. Because a lot of the comics that I watch, like it's like if you can punctuate something with like a fuck or a bitch, like it sounds like funnier because that's just like the kind of comedy or the kind of world that we're in. So I think it's harder for him to write his stuff. I think it's harder for him to deliver everything, and um, right. it just doesn't really like. I don't know. I love Seinfeld the show. I'm not a huge fan of like Seinfeld's like stand up. And I know that's like blasphemous for a lot of Seinfeld fans, but um like you said, like the older stuff, but if I listen to it now, it's like I'd I'd rather listen to a lot you know, a lot of other stand ups before Jerry. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I think the stuff that's from the nineties that, you know, they would show, you know, at the beginning or the interludes of the of the actual T V show, I think some of that's really good material. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just funny just to kind of watch him. You know, it's like an hour of your time. I think it cracks me up when people go online and just start like ripping shows or bands or songs to shred. And I'm just like, you have like way too much time on your hands. Like, yeah. And just, then also is on, it is. on top of that, too, like these people are like he's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> like <laughs> I know, he, I know. he can go out and he can like make a special and it can be a stinker and he he could make a dozen more of those and it would still be fine. Like, yeah, people sitting right. on their couch that are like. They're like, oh, you know, Steely Dan, they're all, you know, they're, they're washed up or they suck or it's like they only had one good song and it's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's t- totally true. Um, but anyway, we digress. But yeah, check it yes. out and, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll keep up on tabs. I, I'd love to see Larry David do a stand-up special. That would just be amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but nevertheless... So you got a uh, you got a curb moment this week? Yeah, it's kind of brief, um, but and again, Allison will hear this and she'll not be happy. But anyway, um, we're we're under lockdown, and I don't have many stories <laughs> or many outlets. Um, so um, we were sitting and we're hanging out on the couch, and she's like, "Hey," and I'm like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Do you think this person looks like me?" And so she hands me her phone, and it's like this girl on Instagram, and I'm like, uh, "No, no." And so then, like, she was like, oh, one of my coworkers, like, tagged me in, in her post and was like, oh, you look exactly like this person. Like, you know. And so I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'd say you look exactly like her. Um, but she only showed me, like, a small sample size. So then, like, it was, like, later on that night, and I was on Facebook. And so then I saw, like, the actual, like, post on my wife's wall from her coworker. It was just, like, you know, it was, like, the link. It's like, hey, check this person out. So I was like, oh, like, I just, like, clicked it. Like, you know, you're just scrolling and whatever. And so then I started, so I started, like, scrolling through her pictures and I was like, hey, you know what? You actually kind of do look a lot like her. So then she looks over at me and she was like, you know, like, what are you doing on there? Like, why are you, you know, why are you looking at this person? So it was pretty yeah. funny because it was just like, it made it seem like I'd been like scrolling like for days. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is like, <laughs> um, but I was just like, I was like, well, I, I saw the original post and I was like, you know, you only showed me like two photos, but I was like, it's, you know, um, 
they have like a different nose, but outside of that, like there's a lot of similarities. So it was, it was pretty funny. Um, and I was like, well, she's like a model and you guys look similar. So it's like, am I, <laughs> I'm dating a model. And I just thought of like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael, Michael from last week yeah. too. So, um, I obviously yeah. a very short story, but I could definitely see it being something where it's like, you know, he, he's, he starts getting maybe infatuated with her and stuff and really starts like getting into it and being like, well, right. you know, they look similar. So it's not really like, you it's know, like it's a Marissa cheating. Tomei thing all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too bad yeah. I got a little, it, too bad I got a little Ben Goodrow thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I know we we started this conversation off off the air, so to speak. So, but I would agree that you know your wife is maybe the the stand in to this model. You know, like the second best. So. I totally concur with you on that front. Um, <laughs> no, just, just kidding. He never said that. I was going to say, if we uh, did, we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, so yeah, of course your story reminds me of kind of a, a similar thing, but I'll, um, I'll tell, I'll tell my, my curb story quick. And, uh, as you referenced here, we're, we're in uh, quarantine ish. Um, so doing a lot of, you know, zoom meetings for work and all this good stuff. And, course like most of us work you know um our work with like an eclectic bunch of people you know varying age groups and the joke is always that right lots of people are kind of technologically uh savvier than others and a lot of times that has to do with uh, kind of the age so i'm on a meeting and this has happened uh, a couple of times in a row with the same group the same um monthly meeting that or bi-monthly that I'm in and, um, nice people, but a couple of the older women, um, on there, like either don't know how to mute themselves or for whatever reason, don't do it. And, you know, they'll start having these side conversations with like people in their homes, like while they're on the meeting, like while our quote unquote boss is like talking. So like, you know, like you're the, you're like the boss talking and like giving us updates. And then like, you'll hear just like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take them for a walk after I'm off this phone call. <laughs> and you're just like, oh dear God, please mute the microphone. Please mute the microphone. So that's always funny. But then this past time, it was just like so bizarre because the same person must have been in like a bad Wi-Fi zone. So it kept like their voice kept like getting um, crackly, but almost like um, it had an effect of like a, Flinty. Like a robot, like a robot voice. Flinty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they kept like crack. And their frame was frozen. And because there was so much delay, it would be like two minutes before they would hear us saying, We can't hear you. (laughs) So they, like, we would just sit there in silence and just keep hearing them, like, crackling up for. And a friend of mine, Dave, who you know well, um, or a little, you know, somewhat well. well. Yeah. And um, we, we were like, peeing our pants laughing <laughs> trying not I, I couldn't look at his camera his face and on the zoom meeting because like I kept like giggling um, <laughs> but I started thinking I was like if this was like Larry he would like I'm thinking like perfect world because most of us were kind of laughing but also getting kind of frustrated so I was like you know I wish I had that Larry David in me to just be like you know just yell and just be like will you mute that microphone or something <laughs> like that <laughs> Get me, me off the, the speakerphone. Speaker <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to then digress on your thing, this is um, 
this is a total guy. This is a, we're, we're becoming that uh, barstool sports <laughs> podcast, but the guy <laughs> version. I think um, I forget what, what that. What those those. What is it? Two chicks or something like that. Um. Yeah, and then Allison listens to one. It's like call her daddy or something like call that. call her daddy that's what yeah. it was yeah 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 never listened to it um oh she tells me some of the stuff on it she's like she's like would you, and she says something I'm like, oh my gosh where did you hear that and she's like have you ever done that before i'm like god no i'm like where did you <laughs> it's like so degrading and i'm like who told you that i'm like women told you that <laughs> it's insane yeah i've heard the same the same stuff but um <clears throat> so i'm on instagram i'm on my i'm on my news feed and um it's you know, I like I've liked all these like mo- supermodel pages, so I get like all of these course. like girls popping up in like bikinis and thongs, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and my wife always will like sometimes like catch it, catch it out of the corner of her eye, and she's just like absolutely disgusted by oh, it. Oh yeah, um, but uh, you know, so it, it is what it is. But that's my next cover because she probably won't listen to this, so I'll just be like, honey, I was I was trying to pull this this girl up because I. You look just like her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, yeah. it's so, so anyway. hard. That's like that's like one app that like I'd be very careful about where I open it, just because it's like and who you follow, like it just starts to get carried away. Like I was just like mm. it's like one person, and then next thing you know, it's just like oh, people you might also like. It's like oh okay, and then like the next like half my feed, and I'm just like I I can't like open this near family. I couldn't open <laughs> I this like <laughs> around it's a church. So bad, yeah. <laughs> You gotta be at least ten miles away from the closest. That's <laughs> a like, good thing we're social distancing. I can't. I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Um, and I think I told you this. So I guess we can. I will digress. This is such a good topic. But um, so I've, as a teacher, I've you know will follow f- vice versa former students on social media that have graduated and moved on and whatever. Um, <clears throat> and one time I was scrolling through and you know I follow like most of those barstool sports for sports to the regular barstool sports page. And they had a thing like Happy National Horny Day or something like that, which I've never heard of. And I'm like laughing. I'm like reading it and I'm like, okay, typical barstool. And as I'm like scrolling away from it, I see that this female, former female student of mine had like liked it. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like, it's just so, it's just a strange, a strange time to be alive. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the episode? Let's do it. Let's so do it. let me properly introduce this episode. So this is season one, episode five, Interior Decorator, written by Larry David, directed by Andy Ackerman, and original air date was November 12th, the year 2000. And I did want to make a note, um, I don't know if you caught this, Andy Ackerman um, was the director of Seinfeld, and he mm. replaced um, Tom Sharonis in season six. Right. So Tom Sharonis was the original director of Seinfeld seasons one through five. Um, you know, when Seinfeld was like really like small and like, you know, kind of like what Kerb will become a little bit where it's really grounded in reality. And mm-hmm. Andy Ackerman is really applauded for the later seasons, six, seven, eight, and nine, um, you know, multiple locations, just different shots and stuff like that, that we didn't really have um, with Tom Sharona. So really close to working with um, Larry David, obviously like in season six and seven before Larry David left. Um, right. But cool to see him come back for Kerb Enthusiasm. <laughs> Very, very interesting because I think this is the first episode where we see a lot of scene changes. Yeah, there was a ton. Yeah, so same was, same places, but back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I was, it was hard almost keeping track of them, and there was mm-hmm. almost twice as many as there was in the pants tent. So it was yeah, yeah. noticeable. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
Well, yeah, let's dig in. So this cool. is, uh, as we say, episode five, interior decorator, scene one is uh, on. Larry is on his way to what we know is the doctor's office. So he walks into a uh, you know professional um, office building, and uh, he's walking into the elevator, hits the floor, about to close the door, and a woman. Uh, says, you know, runs over, hold the elevator, please. <clears throat> and Larry sticks his arm out, opens the elevator doors. She gets in, um, which is a nice gesture. Obviously, this is, again, right off the bat, a social norm that Larry likes to hit on. Um, totally. There are many, but, you know, this one is obviously common for most of us. Yeah, elevator etiquette. Um, and I think he gets in into it later on, but this is, um, uh, the person he's holding the elevator for, her name is actually Marissa Winokur. So another one of those where her actual name is used in the show. Her last name too, huh? Yeah. So really interesting there. Um, she's credited as woman in elevator. Um, she's from New York as well too. Um, and she's been in a ton of like TV shows, but like little roles, Mm. um, step by step, ER, CSI, the bold and beautiful, uh, that HBO show girls, um, as well as the Goldbergs, uh, with uh, oh, Jeff okay. Garland too, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I recognize her from other, you know, character actor roles. Those cl- classic, um, <clears throat> you know, you gotta, you know, it's like you can't gotta earn your keep and be on CSI and ER and yeah, totally, you know, Law and Order, right? So, um, so they turns out they're getting off at the same floor, and as we find out, going to the same office, Larry's doctor. Um, and she looks like she's kind of trying, she's looking at like directions or some paperwork or something. Um, and she's kind of in the hallway veering like in the middle <laughs> and, and Larry's trying to pass her, but obviously can't get by her because she's a little heavy set and she's veering in and out, you know, kind of blocking his yeah, way. It seems like a very like, I don't know if it's like the camera angle, but it seems like a kind of a very narrow hallway. He can't get around the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very narrow and concerning because I think like I don't think you'd be able to build something like a, a hallway that like two people can't, you know, casually walk by each other. No, especially because um, it's a doctor's office. So you think like it would have to be like compliant for um, for disabilities. Mm-hmm, and for I definitely sure. don't think you could get much more than a wheelchair maybe down that hallway. So kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. It's like a like a bad days in hallway. Yes. Um so, so they get, they get in and, and Larry lets her out obviously at the elevator. So she's in front, uh, walking to the office and turns out right there walking into the doctor's office and, um, they walk up to the, the receptionist. There's a sign in sheet. This woman who we now, we know is Marissa, uh, signs in, uh, Larry kind of, uh, annoyed, um, that, there's a sign in sheet and, you know, and he has to sign in. He can't sign in because he's at the doctor's because he jammed his finger on his writing hand. So he's kind of frustrated. I do love how um, the the waiting room music that's in the background as Larry is like kind of starting to boil over is like this like calming piano flute music. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really strange. It reminds me of like if you were waiting to like go into a massage or something at like a yeah. massage parlor. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting. I, I'd be concerned if my doctor was like playing that music like in his waiting room. <laughs> um, uh, so I do I do find it kind of interesting. It, it It's one of the few times Larry does like a nice gesture like in the show. It was like 
and and then we find out later on that obviously he changes tune on the elevator etiquette. Oh, totally. So let me ask you, uh, Doctor, um, what's the deal with the sign-in? She like what? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but like the sign-in to the office as a patient. I mean. Is it does it even matter? I mean, you have the appointment, so don't you know who's supposed to get there, who's not? Yeah, so I was gonna hold off till later because we kind of okay. see we what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um, but I did what I wanted to make a note on, um, kind of something that we've already talked about is when she gets out of the elevator. So, like, this is what's supposed to happen, and you can let me know if you agree. He holds the elevator for her, and right. she gets in, correct? Um, elevator door opens up, she gets out first, she's you know, a woman, you know, if you want to do that, or just because Larry's being a nice person, she gets out first. Right. It's then her responsibility to like hold the door open for Larry. You know what I mean? Like if they were like the doctor's office into the doctor's office. So now he's first because he was first, he was first on the elevator. He held it for her. And the next door that's there, you know, I feel like that happens to me when I go into any kind of, you know, building, if there's two doors, usually, um, the outdoors and then like there's the one to kind of get into like the lobby or whatever mm-hmm. more often than not I hold the door open the guy holds it open for me and we're both you know a lot of times I've even made a comment where just like oh see how that worked out you helped me I helped you and it's like we're still the same order but we were still civil about it um, right. but Good to point. have the door held open for you like kind of realize that the guy's going to the same place as you and then like still walk in before them I don't know if she knows what the policy is that we're going to be talking about in a little bit, but it's still True. like, it's so, it's so rude. Like she has no idea yeah. who this guy is. Like, right, right. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely a little bit of, uh, I, I just don't think she, it's a lack of awareness. I yes. don't think she's like aware, you know? No, it's not malicious. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah, you are, you are aware. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the, of course, so now they're sitting down waiting and, um, Larry, we find out had a, an 1130 in the morning appointment, um, Marissa has an 1145 appointment, but what ends up happening, uh, prior to us knowing this is that Marissa gets called in first. So Larry says, uh, you know, he goes up to the, the receptionist and, um, or it's actually the nurse, the nurse, yep. uh, the nurse and, and asks, uh, you know, what, what time was the, the woman in front of me's appointment? And first off, I don't know why the nurse would even answer the question, yes. but she does. Yeah, I made a note. And I was like, that's yeah. unethical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she says 11.45. And Larry goes, well, my appointment was 11.30. You know, why is she going in first? And um, the nurse makes it clear to Larry that the policy of the office is you get called in based on when you sign in. So it's kind of what boils down to first come, first serve. Um within the framework of having an appointment, right? So it's yes. like, you know, you're not going to have 500 people coming in at once. You're only going to have a certain amount, but nonetheless, whoever gets there first gets in. So it makes total sense to me to see as, as, as the nurse who I guess we'll find out who plays her. I don't think we get a name, but she, um, she says, you know, so we can see the most amount of patients in the most amount of time, which that makes sense. If somebody shows up 10 minutes late, you're not just sitting there waiting for them. You see somebody else. Um, but I love Larry's line because he's so frustrated by the policy because his appointment was first, so he should go in first. He says, um, what is this, like a bakery? You pick a number? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I love because the nurse obviously isn't really having any of his any of his shit. And then he turns to the this poor receptionist who's just like sitting there in silence. And he says like, "What do you think of this policy?" And, and the nurse jumps right in. And goes like, "Please, please don't talk to her. Well, yeah, she's busy." Which uh, reminds me of the shoe whore altercation. Yeah, where he just like he wasn't having like, any of Jeff talking at Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the same kind of like cut cut him off. Very aggressive. Yeah. So this uh, nurse, her name, uh, she's credited as nurse. Her name is Lisa Ann Walter, and she seems very familiar because she was in The Parent yeah. Trap in 98. Um, oh, she was in Bruce cool. Almighty in 03. Um, yep. And most kind of recently, one of the biggest things is she's in that Netflix uh, original series, Glow, which is the show about the female wrestling with Aerith- Allison Brie. Okay. Which I haven't watched any of, but I kind of hear a lot of good things, and I think Allison, my wife's watched it, and she said she really likes it. So, um, Nice. Yeah, really familiar yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. There you um, go. That makes sense. Bruce yeah. Almighty is definitely what came. Yeah, what where I knew her from. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on the scene? I I know I kind of cut you off there, but no, no. I mean, I like I said, I wanted to ask you about the yeah. Uh, so now that we're policy. there, number one, I, I think sign-in sheets have kind of gone out with you know as we move forward with like HIPAA and understanding that you really just can have a sheet there with people's names and contact information and times and stuff. Um, so that's something that's kind of like frowned upon every once in a while I'll go to an office and they still have it. If they do have it, they have it behind the window and they'll hand it to you and then they'll take it back. That's not supposed to be just like hanging out. Um, but, but I do have a similar policy in my office. I have like a, I have appointment times. Um, but then I do first come first serve. Um, and it kind of like what Larry does in the end. I've had it happen to me before, um, where people like the policy when it works for them. And then when it doesn't work for them, um, you know, I'll, I'll hear something about it. Um, but nine times out of 10, like that person that has like gotten the good side of it, like they've been on both sides of it. So it's like, I always have that argument. It's like, well, you're not always on time for your appointments. And if I was always waiting for you, there's a lot of, you've no called, no showed before. So am I supposed to just wait or when do I move on? Um, but I do have a, a problem with like, this is a medical office. Like most of my people I see probably like maybe two to five minutes. So like, if somebody's ahead of you that you're probably only waiting a couple minutes, most medical right. offices, you're waiting in that waiting room for like an hour, 45 minutes. Right. They're always Good, running yeah. late. So yeah, yeah. there's no need to take the first patient. Like you said, like if somebody's late, no, you know, a 10 minute gap, there would never be that you're already waiting and they're just taking right. you as your appointment time, which is kind of first come first serve for them. That's um, a good point. So I, I just thought it was kind of funny. And then another thing that I picked up, one of her words, um, when she's kind of storming off, um, she says, uh, it's no Swiss picnic for me either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of funny. Like, I was like, I've never really heard that term. I know it's like, that's like something, you know, someone like life's a picnic or it's not always a picnic, but not the term Swiss picnic. Swiss picnic, um, yeah. But I did look it up and it's kind of like Urban Dictionary and a couple other things where it it actually is type of a phrase and it, it's, it is sounds like just what it means. Like it's. You know, it's not always like rainbows and unicorns over here type right. thing. It's not, it's no Swiss picnic for me, but she is so yeah. combative. She is a really tough nurse. You know what I mean? Oh, wicked. Yeah. yeah. Wicked. Um, my, my, my primary care physician has his like, I don't know what the technically her, her, she would be like his head, head nurse kind of, um, they like sometimes will like go, go at it and like bicker like a married couple and like, oh, yes. like if I'm there and I'll like see it, I think it's like hysterical. Um, so, so now we're still, we're in the waiting room. Now Larry's just totally peeved sitting in the waiting room and, 
<laughs> it's just like I've run into people like this in my life where they start like talking to you about like their problems, like after an altercation, like something like this. And I'm totally just like these other people. Like I want nothing to do with that person. <laughs> uh, and he gets so mad. He's so he's like trying to kind of get some sort of like ex- social acceptance that he was in the right. And um, and none of these people waiting in, in the waiting room want anything to do with it. I mean, they're like heads down in the magazines, right. just kind of like one guy, I think, like kind of just like yeses them. Um, but I love how Larry just gets so annoyed and he starts mocking their lack of like attention to him. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we heard it, but chose not to comment at this particular time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on in his mind right now? I don't know. He's he's really weird. And I love this yeah. scene, too. Like, I, I have a note towards the end of like the whole episode in general, but like anything that takes place in a doctor's office, just because obviously what I do for work, but it's like. I love when I go out, like I've obviously a different office than a medical office, but when I go to my waiting room and like before everything went down, I'd have like a full waiting room. Like every once in a while I go out and like nobody's talking, like heads are down on their phones and like, it's like nobody's talking, like nobody. And then sometimes I go out and it's like a party and they're just like, and they're just like, Oh, thanks for that recommendation. I can't wait to try that restaurant. And it's just like, and I'm like, everyone's like more friendly and I'm like, I don't know what makes that, but like definitely like in a medical type setting, like most people don't talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it, it comes back to like Jerry, one of Jerry's bits, old bits was like, you know, anytime you're in a in a medical like waiting room, you're like always looking around, just be like, I wonder what he's got. I wonder what like, he's got. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what's wrong with that guy. Um, so, yeah, there is this kind of weird, weird thing. I can't figure this out, but like every time I go to my doctor's office and I'm in the I'm like the only one in the waiting room. Like it's him and two other physicians assistants. So three, I mean, assuming that they're all there at the same time at any point, three, um, people seeing patients at once. It's a pretty big office. There's like maybe a dozen exam rooms. Um, but nonetheless, you'd think like there'd be a little bit more movement, especially when like, if you go to schedule an appointment, they're like booked for months, you know? Yeah. So it's like, but I think that that might be really correlated. It's like, yeah, they're booked because it's like they're back to back to back to back. So it's like if you missed your time, like your toast, like a reschedule is just like probably out of the question unless like you're really ill, you know? Yeah. Um, so I always find that kind of funny. But it is nice. You walk in. It's just like nobody there but you. You just chill out. And then two minutes later, you get called into the waiting uh, to the exam room, you know? It's really weird. My mom, I, I tried to find her a chiropractor back when she was living on Cape Cod. And there was this one that... <clears throat> Um, I, he seemed like decent, but then like when she started to go to him, like it was just kind of like really apparent that, um, I don't know, it was really odd. Like, so he has his schedule, like he, he would set his schedule and it's his practice. He can do what he, what he does, but he would, his schedule would be like really light. And my mom would call and be like, Hey, I have an emergency. Like I need to come in and need, get, need to get my adjustment. And yeah. he's like, I can't see you till, you know, maybe two days from now. And she's like, Oh <sighs> really? I can't get in today. And she's like, no, you know, no, it's not going to happen or whatever. <laughs> And she said, whenever I go there, like she's, there's nobody else in the office. Right. And then she's like, there was one time she popped in and there was no one there. And it was during like his normal office hours. And he was like, he was like, you really should have called first. I, you know, I wanted to like, and it was like, it was like this whole thing and it was really weird. And, <laughs> and so she ended up, he ended up seeing her and stuff and he's like, next time call or whatever. And it's just like, Oh my God. Um, and it's just, again, like if you, if you're not used to seeing a chiropractor, it might be like, why are you going to pop in for a visit? But it, that happens a lot in our profession. Um, just yesterday I had somebody that had like a, a rib that subluxated out and she was like, I can barely breathe. Can I come in today? It was my day off. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. Like it, right. there's a lot of like leniency when it comes to like our profession sometimes. Um, but it's just so interesting when it's, 
you know, kind of that story where it's, it's a busy office. There's, there's, there's other physician's assistants, there's a medical doctor and you're like, how are, how is this office staying open? Every time I come, I'm the only person here. <laughs> right. How are you people in business? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so true. Yeah. I love that night. Yeah. Don't, don't call the doctor on the weekends. And then I, I have, can't a, wait. I have a few other practitioners in my office and like, um, of like varying disciplines and like a lot of my patients will come in and out and they're just like, does anybody else here see anybody? Cause every time there's somebody in the waiting room, she's like, I feel like you're bringing them back and then you're coming to get me. And then there's somebody else walking in the door and you're saying hi and bringing them back. She's like, I don't, I've never right. seen anybody else here for those people. And I'm like, and then I stop and think about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> but it's like, they keep the lights on and it's like, they're, they seem like they're doing okay. And it's like, okay, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. That's weird. Um, so <laughs> this, uh, this waiting room is not definitely not the case. Uh, it, it seems you it's know, full house. It's a full house of the multiple times that that Larry is is finds himself here. So, I um, think it's funny how the time then time lapse. So the the camera cuts over to um, the the whatever the clock, and you see forty five minutes after it's twelve fifteen. His his appointment was eleven thirty. He's still in the waiting room, and he's like standing up to this full house like pre <laughs> like a like a Baptist minister like preaching. <laughs> Um, about, you know, the unfairness of this waiting policy. And of course, everybody there is just totally not enthused at all. Uh, and he's just like, looks like a, like a psychotic, just like, you know, babbling. Um, <laughs> and then as he's doing this, Marissa, the woman he originally let, let into the elevator, you know, is done with her appointment is walking out to leave the doctor's office. And, he <laughs> Larry asks her what took her so long like what what was she doing in there and I was like I started laughing and I forgot about that and I'm like this is that's so like nobody should ask that question no, ever no it's so inappropriate um especially in front of other people like it's a stranger and you're doing it in front of like a collection of random obviously random there's no people. way she's gonna answer you no so what no. are you trying to do I know he's right he's, and that guy, at what point do you just calm down and you're just like, you know, he's obviously been talking to those people for 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> he's so, at, at he's what, so heated. Yeah. yeah. And I'm surprised like the nurse didn't tell him like, sir, you're going to have to leave or whatever. Like she just let him berate all the other patients for 45 minutes. I know. I know. And I love how he's just like, what were you doing for 40 minutes? Chatting, talking about old times. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So um, after that, you know, and she kind of just takes the like gives them this kind of like what the hell is wrong with you look and just yeah. kind of continues on our way but seems startled by his his insanity again it's a uh, very like you said like it's a very unaware she was like like i was in there a long time and right. was i holding anybody else up like what are you what are you talking to me about yeah, like exactly like she's like, in her own little world yeah yep for, for sure yeah and so is larry ironically just like he's more um you know more ready to explain all of his inner inner thoughts and beliefs um so then finally larry gets called into the office but because he because he couldn't write on the sign-in sheet because it was like you know fractured or or uh, sprained uh, finger he like must have like fucked up his name and uh the nurse can't read it and she goes uh mr dov lurry dov <laughs> <laughs> which is great um and she missed, I feel she like, missed up uh Winokur's name too she, i think she said like melissa and then she's like called oh, marissa or whatever right, like, right which is like that always happens like in medical offices like it's like sometimes like they just don't give a shit they just like they just like blurt off a name off a page like they're not like 
giving any kind of they're already behind so they're just like let me just shout out somebody's name and see if anybody responds right no it's so true and of course if you're reading other people's handwriting that's just like you're setting yourself is up he a for doctor a disaster. Horrible, <laughs> <Right. isn't it? laughs> so uh yeah the classic line when you get called into the to the waiting room uh or i keep saying that because i'm thinking of jerry's uh bit but the exam room we get called into the exam room so the nurse says the doctor will see you now and i love larry's reaction he goes wow that's something special (laughs) he's just so pissed and then he's like so what is it going to be another half hour now like as he's walking in yeah which usually is the course we all know is the case like you you walk into the the you know you're in the the big waiting room and then you go into the little waiting room yeah yeah um and again, I props to my physician. It's a pretty smooth operation there because I apparently am the only patient that they see. <laughs> um, so it's nice and easy. But yes, I remember other doctors I had, it would be the same kind of shtick. You wait wait for another 45 minutes sitting there with your boxers on. Oh, that's the worst. So good. So now that's where we find ourselves in the exam room. And the doctor, it's not too long. You know, I... I there's so many doctor scenes Larry loves bringing this kind of into the show so there are other scenes later on in the series where he's like sitting there kind of twiddling his thumbs but in this particular case he doesn't seem to be waiting long his doctor comes in I found it interesting I don't know if you picked up on this because the doctor he makes a few reappearances over the next few seasons mm-hmm. um, he's call- Larry's calling him John in this episode um, and he's listed on on there as John, but then um, they start calling him Jack later on in the series. Yeah, so that's course, interesting. So yeah. on on the board when he walks in to the business and he looks at the office, it's John Lynch, MD, but right. it's played by Jack Gallagher. Um, uh, he's the actor, um, and I didn't find much. Shakes the clown, which is like some kind of comedy in '91. Yeah, oh, and yeah. then bringing up Jack in '95 were the two ones that I found for him. Um, but yeah, so that's, I, I, that's interesting that it goes back and forth. When you said his last name, I'm starting to wonder now if they change his name to Dr. Gallagher later on. Yeah, actually, if, now that you say we'll Dr. Gallagher, that. that actually sounds familiar. So that, we'll have to keep, keep an eye out for that one. Almost like our yeah. last week when we had the, tri- the time-traveling uh, homeless person. <laughs> homeless guy, yeah. We're going to see Can't if uh, maybe Jack um, John Lynch, MD, used his wife, the lawyer, to get a, a change his name legally to uh, Jack Gallagher. <laughs> Jack Gallagher, yeah. <laughs> So true. So, um, of course, Larry, which again, and you referenced this, that you have patients that will complain to you about like your policies, which no offense to those patients. I'm sure you love them to death. But like that to me is just like such a faux pas. Like I would never I mean, I might call up like a customer service number and say how crappy your company is. But like, I don't think I'd ever face to face like go to a, a, a profession, you know, a quote unquote professional, like a doctor, a lawyer, somebody you're seeing for a service. And and do that just like unless they were asking me or I was like filling out a survey I don't think I would just like cavalierly just be like your policy is shit yeah no definitely not and I think and we'll see with this is it seems like Larry David knows him personally right um and I definitely have more of like a I have more of a personal relationship with a lot of my patients as opposed to like a lot of other medical professionals because I see people sometimes in the beginning of care three times a week, twice a week. And sometimes I've been seeing some people once a week for like two, three years. So people feel comfortable with me. Like I've been invited to birthday parties, weddings. Like, so it's, I think sometimes they come in, they're like, man, I really had to wait today. My appointment was at 10. Like, and it's like, yeah, I, I get it. 
but like also was it 10 last week and you showed up at you know 10 30 right. so right <laughs> and, I, and, and i also feel yeah. comfortable enough with them to be like usually i just play like super um it's you know it's customer service they're you know they're a patient they're receiving my service so i will you know i'll i'll say like oh i'm you know sorry about the wait and i'm always i'm always receptive of that because i i hate waiting in doctor's offices too and sometimes i'll sure. say you know i'm sorry for the wait and they'll be like what are you talking about? It was only five minutes. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, they're right. used. Most of my patients are wait, used to waiting for an hour, like Larry David is right here. Exactly. You know, Good so point. even if they're like waiting ten minutes, but um, yeah, we're really talking about my office po- policies right now. But. <laughs> yeah, we're digging in. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, when I used to when I used to teach private music lessons, it was kind of the same thing. You know, it's like you have thirty minutes, but it's like because you want to give a thirty minute lesson, sometimes you're a couple minutes over as you like finish, wrap up, pack up your stuff or whatever. Um, and I used to have like you know, of course, parents who had their kids signed up for 300 different activities Ugh. on a Tuesday afternoon Horrible. would be like, you can't, you can't keep them past like, you know, four o'clock because we have to go get to swim and then we have to go do this. We have to go do that. And I'm like, you know what? That's on you. That's not on me. Like I'm actually giving you more time for your money. So like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> like you're welcome. <laughs> so it's like a Larry thing. Yeah. So I love, yeah. So I guess you're right. He's close to the doctor. It seems they maybe known each other for a long time. So of course he just immediately complains about it. And says that he's going to be late for a meeting with Diane Keaton because because of this delay in his in his doctor's appointment. And the, do- and the doctor, John uh, Lynch, as we know him now, says, well, that's exciting. Like that's almost like talking to Larry like um, and I think there's a th- this comes back in at some point in the show like post Seinfeld Larry's career is just kind of like gone into the shitter you know what I mean so it's like the people around him when like something like this happens they're like they seem like overly joy joyful like oh wow that's big like you have a job interview like congratulations yeah and I think we'll see it in the Amco episode where um where uh, Cheryl gives her friend a tape of sour grapes to watch and she was like oh how'd you right. like it she's like oh I, you know I thought it was very interesting or something like that he's like you right. didn't like it so yeah we're, we're kind of painting this picture that it's like like you said like he did Seinfeld he did all this stuff and it's like what have you done lately and right he's, yeah he's getting all these projects going and yeah yes yeah and it's but it's yeah so it's like very subtle um and they kind of build Diane Keaton up to be like this you know oh wow it's like a big big thing um <laughs> so they like paint her as like this like you know and granted she is i mean you know godfather and you know she's like really the she she's really the the next like after Meryl Streep if i thought of like a female actress that you know seasoned female actress i would be thinking you know Diane Keaton would be probably up, up there, there for like top 3 top yeah. 5 yeah top 3 top yeah top 5 yeah um, top 50 maybe. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so then the doctor says, and this is kind of weird how, I guess they have to introduce it like this, but he says, you know, my, my wife read your script who we find out that the doctor Lynch's wife is Larry's lawyer who's in the same professional building apparently, or at least the same complex or something yeah. like this. Um, and Larry's like, Oh, he like seems perplexed. Like, wait, she read my script uh, and then he he then asked the doctor, well, oh, what'd you say? Would she say anything about it? And doctor's just like, no, <laughs> I just saw her reading it. And so it kind of seems like like Larry's like, I don't know, confused. Like, why would she be reading it? But at the same point, the doctor doesn't really give him any information. It's just like just, it just in passing. just setting yeah. that plot up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then <laughs> in the classic like stereotypical doctor scene. He like is pushing on the finger and Larry's like, no, it doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. So the doctor uh, goes, nothing hurts. Lose the splint. See ya. And then yeah. you hear the door close. Um, and um, 
I <laughs> and then the scene ends with Larry going, "Do I do I have to pay for this?" Yes. <laughs> um, and I like those like the splinch up with the fork, and I think he gives like another like a, something. What were you at a picnic? Yeah, um, so yeah, you get yeah. like the Swiss picnic out in the lobby and then you get the fork reference with the picnic here. So I thought that was kind of cool. Right. It's like this like fo- folksiness. Uh, yeah. As I rush, as I rush your, uh, rush you out the door. So I wonder if, do you ever get that, um, with, because maybe for like people who are new to chiropractic, they don't realize that it's like a, you know, especially Uh-oh. like you said for like a weekly adjustment or something, it's like, you know, a relatively quick appointment. So I do. Yeah. Uh, short answer. Yes. Um, I do like corrective care plans. So when somebody comes in, I'll figure out, you know, what's going on. I have a couple different objective forms of measurement that I use to say like, this is where we are. This is where I think we can go. And this is how it's going to improve your health. And, um, I think it's going to take this many visits over this many weeks or months to kind of get you there. And so, um, and so we start like a plan. Um, and it usually only happens with, with guys. That's just how it goes. I've been in practice for six years. I feel like I can say that comfortably. Um, I'll, I'll get, I'll give them an adjustment and I use like an instrument based adjustment. So there's no cracking or popping. Um, and it's usually just like a few clicks cause it's like the first, it's the first adjustment. I'm trying to see how their body responds to it. Less is more type thing. Right. And uh, a lot of times I get off the table and they're just like, you know, they're just like, that's it, you know? And I'm like, yep, that's it. Um, and I used to be really terrified when I first started practicing as I'm just like, I didn't know how to like address that, but I've helped yeah. so many people and I know that it does work where I'm just like, it's kind of cool. Now I have like that chip on my shoulder. Where I'm like, yep, that's it. I'll see you next week. And, uh, and then they come in, they're like, Hey, this is actually working. And I'm like, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely happens where, and I've had, I've had plenty of people that have started care and then, and then they come in for the next visit or they actually even call me and then, Hey, I don't think this is right for me. And, uh, I'm like, Oh, that's, 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 that's fine too. Um, but I certainly have had people where they've, they've started a care plan and they think that they're like, no, do I have to pay for this? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. I I totally would. Or because the visit is so short, sometimes I'll have people, it's like, they'll pop in for an extra visit because it hurts and they'll, and then I'll add it to like their care plan. And they're just like, uh, what's this charge? And like, Oh, you came in for the other visit. And they're like, Oh, you charge me for that? I'm like, yeah, it's an adjustment. Like that's that's the only thing I do. Right. <laughs> so like I have to bill for it. <laughs> that's amazing. I was like, wait, I want I, I came in to get four tires. You charged me for all four tires. <laughs> um so <laughs> anyway, so that now Larry's leaving the office and like it's a you know, it seems like a big medical or professional building complex. There's like a parking garage, parking attendants. So he's at the park, you know, he's pulling up to the parking attendant to pay to get out of the lot. And uh, there's this Asian woman that says, uh, who's the attendant, says the cost is going to be $3. And Larry pulls out his his wallet and realizes he doesn't have any money on him, any cash. And again, we'll come back to this, right? We're 20 years uh, away from when, yeah. when this was filmed, right? So the idea of just giving somebody a credit card at a pay, you know, at a really what is like a toll booth, you know, uh, wasn't the norm. You a know, lot of times there's not, there's not even any person, there's not, not people anymore. Right. Oh, right. You know, right, like exactly. some garages, like Providence place mall or whatever, like mm-hmm. you pay before you leave and then you just give them the card. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It's bizarre. So, um, so total opposite. So, uh, of course he says, Hey, I'm coming back on Friday. My lawyer's here. I'm coming back to see my lawyer. I'll pay you back. I promise I'm coming back to pay. You promise? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He goes, she goes, okay, I hear that all the time. My drawer need $3. (laughs) And I was like, she's just like, she's like, 
the the drawer is telling me the cash cash register is telling me I need to put in three dollars. Yes. Like I can't let you out. I can't close it without putting three dollars in there. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So she has to cover for him. So luckily she has her own money. And yeah, so and then he all of a sudden ups the stakes. It it seems like she would have done this anyway, but like he then says, "I'll pay you five dollars in return yes. for the three, right? Yeah, that comes um, back later too. He's always he's he's giving people tons of money that he doesn't have. Exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, he. I, my favorite line is at the end. She's like, you know, you better pay. And then she goes, I remember your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, she's credited as female parking attendant. Her name's Joanna in this sh- uh, show. Yes, uh, this Joanna. is Karen Marama, and she was okay. in the American President in '95. She was in the Bucket List in '07, and she was in the campaign in 2012. So she's been like in some, and there were a few other movies I just didn't didn't list. So she's been in some pretty big blockbusters. She, okay, I thought for some reason this is gonna come out. This is gonna come off totally racist or you know ignorant, but I thought she was in um, Forty Year Old Virgin. I thought she was the the wax woman. Oh, that is super racist, Ray. That is not yeah, her. No. Uh, it's not. No, but I did. I did think it was because it just had, she had, because when she gets mad at Larry later, I kind of had that same vibe. Yeah, yeah, she whatever. does do that. And I mean, I I don't know, and maybe this sounds racist too, but it, it seems, I don't know, like she's playing into, you know, my my draw, need, you need $3, you know what yeah, I mean? she's like, playing into it. She's yeah. playing into it, so like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. So, I, yeah, I don't feel as bad since she's she's the one doing it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> she Larry, started. Larry, she started. Larry finally gets out of the uh, parking garage or parking lot, and uh, as he told the doctor, was going to be late for this meeting with Diane Keaton. And we see Jeff, who we haven't seen in a couple episodes, yeah. right? I don't or even just think last we, episode. I guess we, he wasn't yeah, in the bracelet. Right. He was in. He was in Porno Gill. Yeah. So just. So just, yeah, just last. Yeah. Um. So Jeff is sitting there at a at a booth at the restaurant and tells Larry, you know, Diane left. She couldn't wait any longer. Um, seem in kind of referencing that she was kind of annoyed that Larry was so late. Um, and Larry just kind of snaps and starts, you know, bitching to Jeff that the, the days of elevator etiquette are over, you know, com- complaining that that's the reason why he was late. Um, and Jeff's kind of, I don't know, I feel like he's, <laughs> he's like exaggerating the fact that like Larry got held up and like missed the meeting and he's like Diane might not want to work with him anymore you know like like she said that or something it doesn't look good it's all I can tell you <laughs> I know I saw that I wrote I wrote in parentheses I was like just like the mama's boy line yeah so yep. it's not looking good um, also while we're on this um so what time I want to know what time their meeting was because he his appointment time with the doctor is 11 15 right 1130 so, 1130 11 so he thought that he was going to get in and out of the doctor's office and enough time to go to this meeting at Diane Keaton like I get yeah I mean I guess I mean it's 1215 and he's still he hadn't even he was still in the waiting room you know preaching to the to the other patients so he hadn't even gotten in until he hadn't even like gotten in but then when he got this when he got to see the doctor he, he was only with the doctor for a few minutes so That's true. I don't know like I'm I'm that kind of person like I think if you're five minutes, like if you're like five minutes early, like late, you're or whatever you say, like I think you got to be like time, early to be on, on time. time is to be late. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So like I would never schedule any type of doctor's office visit um, before like a big meeting like this, just because I would schedule it afterwards or whatever. But right. never before, because you never know if those things are going to go um, late. They usually That's do. A good point. Yeah. 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 You never want to. I mean, I don't think people think about this, but like you never want to 
put yourself in a position where you're totally your schedule is so reliant on everybody else never like, operating yeah never especially if you have something like you said that's like important for you um so it's a, yeah it's a good good point um so you know larry's kind of annoyed he's, he thinks he can kind of smooth things over again this is the whole you know kind of larry sees himself as like the ultimate person or most qualified based on experience to be able to kind of apologize and you know smooth <laughs> it over it's like he, he's an expert because he has to do it so much um so larry gets home and we see Cheryl, his wife, who um, introduces him to uh, an interior decorator named Carmen that we they hire or Cheryl hired, I guess, unbeknownst to Larry. So this uh, interior decorator is her. Uh, her name is Rose Abdu, and she was in Good Night and Good Luck in 2005, which is about the broadcast journalist um, Edward Morrow about the senator oh. Joseph McCartney hearings, which is a pretty yep. good movie. Uh, she was in Mike and Molly. She was in Feep. Uh, she played a judge. Um, and then oh, she was yeah. in... Um, oh, this I thought this was interesting. She was in The Comeback, which is actually like a HBO show with Lisa Kudrow, which is basically the same plot as, like, Aren't You Evelyn? Um, like, she's, like, basically trying to come back from being, <laughs> oh. like, from Friends or whatever. From Friends? So, That's yeah. amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. Is that a new show? No, it was, it was around that early 2000s time. That's so weird. And I've How never funny. watched it. I'm not a huge Lisa Kudrow fan, but um, no. I just thought it was interesting that the plot was the same. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, that's so weird. Yeah, I, I I thought it was such a great idea for a show. I always wondered why it didn't actually happen, but that makes sense. Maybe they were kind of just riffing off of that. And isn't The Old Adventures of New Christine, is that the same or is that a different plot? Or do you not know? That is... No, that's a different plot. Okay. She, Julia Louise Dreyfus, she plays like a, a just a, a character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which that's a great show. I kind of forget about that because she she did so well with Veep um, and obviously Seinfeld that it's like that was actually a decent show um, in, you know, in comparison to some of the other shows that like Jason Alexander or Michael Richards that they not necessarily because of them, but the, the shows fell flat and didn't last very long. But yeah, she's definitely had the like hands down, like the best career after Seinfeld for out of oh, all yeah. of the major four. I mean, yeah. all the all the nominations and all the awards she got for Veep, like I think she's the most um, awarded female comedian like of all time like in TV or something like that after Veep oh, she yeah. got so many yeah she got so many Emmys and stuff. yeah um, yeah it's awesome as, as we know um, lot of lot of late lot of late lonely nights with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus photos <laughs> at my bedside um, on your Instagram so, <laughs> yeah so uh, Earth Tone is over Ben I don't know if you knew that but um, Earth, <laughs> yeah. Earth Tone he's, is over. Yeah, and that Larry David's into pastels. Yes, and he's into pastels, and um, which is kind of you know I can't say I've thought much about interior decoration until like you know buying a house. Of course, as you know, mm-hmm. you start thinking about this stuff, and it's like a little like sensory overload, like all the options and all the stuff. Oh, it's so intense, yeah. It's it's intense, man. Um, <laughs> so. So she's she seems into it, which I guess if you have the money, that's why you hire these people. Um, you know that she convinces Larry that uh, they're in good hands, and then Cheryl proceeds to tell Larry, "Hey, you know, I think Diane Keaton left you a message." Now this is after Larry says, "Oh, I was late. You know, whatever. I missed the meeting." And Cheryl's like, "Oh, well, I think she left you a message." <clears throat> 
and the message, it, which sounds like her, I think it's actually her voice. I think yes. these voiceover things, right? Um, and it says, hey, Larry, I don't know what happened today. Let's try again. My number is 310276. <laughs> 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 I just love that because she seems like actually like Jeff played it off like she was really annoyed and she didn't sound that annoyed on the phone. No. Kind of like she sounds like when we get to their house later she doesn't sound like she's that annoyed either. No, exactly. So, um, you know, of course, but he couldn't make out the number because of a (laughs) cell phone issue um, which even happens which is funny. This happens even 20 years later but back then, my God, cell phones were like a bane. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Um, She probably didn't raise the antenna up when she made the call. (laughs) Exactly. You would raise the antenna and you would see like you'd get like an extra bar. <laughs> oh, biggest mistake is not to. And then those like car phones, you like the, I don't know. It's all very bad. But um, signal fade. That's what that's called. According, <laughs> according to Carmen. She's so uh, the crazy. Expert. Oh, super crazy. So this is such a great setup because this is a classic Kirby enthusiasm technique where the you're either whenever there's like I feel like whenever there's an altercation between Larry and somebody else I feel like the show does a good job of mixing up who is really at fault in the social faux pas Mm -hmm. um, or in the social kind of tension I know a lot of times it's Larry and like it's maybe funnier if it's Larry but I personally like it when it's the other person um, and Larry's like on the right side of this yes and I think that this is totally one of those cases because Carmen tells them that Diane Keaton is one of her clients. <laughs> now, she was there. She listened to the message as Larry was listening to it. The number breaks up. He can't get the phone number because he missed three digits. And she even comments on it, right? She comments she goes, on oh, it. Oh, signal fade. That's what that is. That's why you right. didn't hear the whole number. Exactly. So then Larry says, oh, well, wait, this is great. You can give me, you know, you can give me your number. Uh, and Carmen says, no, 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 no. That's a privacy thing. Um, and then, <laughs> I cannot do then, that, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Larry says, that doesn't matter because like you heard, Diane was giving me her number. So whether you give it to me or not, like she's not even going to know because she, she left me her number. She doesn't know that, you know, we didn't hear the whole thing. Um, and she says, well, it's a, lo- you know, loyalty thing. I'm loyal to my customers or whatever. Um, and Larry's just getting totally pissed. Like, it's not a question of loyalty. Cheryl tries to intervene um, to be like, Larry, you know, she doesn't feel comfortable. Um, but even I think Cheryl at the end is like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? Like, um, so I just love how Larry's infuriated and doesn't fire her in the moment. But then the scene changes and he's driving, talking to Cheryl on the phone saying, so I you fired, fired Carmen. <laughs> Does he say I fired Carmen or she's like, you... Did she, she asked him? Did she say, she, you, so you, infi- I, you fired the interior decorator? Yeah, I think that's what it yeah. is. That's what you hear. And he, and he says, yes. And then he's like, I gotta, I gotta go. But um, I agree. Cause it's just like, I mean, it sounds bad, but like he's paying her. Like, so she also has an obligation to him to be like, Hey, like right. I haven't really gotten this job yet. I haven't started working for them. Like I know I'm loyal to her, but I did hear that they, she was trying to give the number. I could totally you know, by her giving Larry and Cheryl that number, that would he would probably be like, whatever, name your price, do the house. Like, thank you for so much for just giving me that number and saving me that. Um, but totally alienates Larry to to for no reason because you know, like 
she even knows of the signal uh, signal fair. That's where that is. Like it's like no, yeah. so nonchalant, and then not to give the number is so insane. It, it's insane to me. Yeah, and I so I love I appreciate Larry's frustration because it's yes. just like so bizarre. You're not you're not saying, hey, oh, I really would love to work with Diane Keaton. Oh, you you oh you know her? Like oh, can I have her number? Like that's right. totally Completely inappropriate. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he f- throttles that line so well. Anyway, so as we referenced here, so he he's on the phone with Cheryl driving, saying he fired Carmen. Um, but then the phone call ends abruptly because Larry gets to the parking attendant. Now it's Friday, as we assume he's going to see his lawyer. Um, he expects to see the uh, Joanna, the um, <laughs> original parking attendant, to pay her pack. But he doesn't. He sees a man working there. Um who, as we well know and love now, is um, this the is gentleman. Os- yeah. yeah, this is Oscar Nunez, credited as Nunez. male parking attendant. He was in 177 episodes of The Office as Oscar Martinez. So good. Um, and I'm not a huge Office fan, so I know him from The Office. But Get out. dude, have you watched? Have you seen uh, the proposal with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds? Oh yeah, I forgot. So he's and in he, that. He plays Ramon in that. Ramon, yeah, and, and he, he does the so, he does the strip dancing. Yeah, and stuff. he is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And there's this yeah. one scene at the end that Alice and I still comment on, where he's like, he's like, I could tell she was a great dancer by the way she drinks a soda pop. And they're just like, you could tell she was a good dancer by the way she drinks a soda. And then Oscar Nunez is like. I'm sorry. Can you? I don't understand the question. Um, and it's just like he's such a good character actor. He's so funny. Um, yeah. And then even in a scene, in the other scene with like the money, <laughs> some, oh, of, the, it's some so of his good. lines and like what he says and the delivery. Uh, I was cracking up. It's a good stuff. Oh yeah, it's so good. So I love. So uh, whatever. Larry's like he does the right thing where he's just kind of like, all right, well you work with this woman. Can you give the money to Joanna? Uh, and the guy and and Oscar says, oh no, I can't accept. I can't accept the money. You know, we only take we don't take money from people unless it's you know, just to pay for the parking. And Larry's There's a lot just kind of policies being, in this episode. It's so true. So many yeah. policies. And I and basically Larry makes a good argument. He's like, but what if, you know, like Joanna could have been like his friend and like she needed like money to go get lunch or something. She forgot her lunch. So it's like Larry goes, you can't give money to a friend. That's a strange policy. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so strange. And then for what I don't understand, he he Oscar is hung up on um as long as he isn't held responsible. Like he yes. wants Larry to like like be like you're not held responsible, meaning like the money could be lost in 20 minutes and you can't get mad at me kind of thing. Almost like he's going to like pocket it, right? Yeah, exactly. But and he doesn't he, seem like he is. No, it's so funny cuz like Larry is hesitant. He's like no, no, you're not. You're not gonna be held responsible or whatever. And uh, yeah. oh, it is so good. Just their yeah, banter he, back and forth. I know, and he seems trustworthy. And Larry's like, you know, tell tell her it's from the the bald guy with glasses or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's just a strange altercation where yeah, he keeps saying yeah, I won't be held responsible, right? Well, like which make <laughs> would make you suspicious that yeah, he's gonna pocket it, but he doesn't really come off that way. He just comes off as like maybe afraid that like if the money did get misplaced that he would get like fired maybe that was his worry yeah i i guess and it, i just keep thinking it's funny that they have this policy that it's you can only accept money to pay a toll you can't accept money for any other reasons or to pay other employees for favors right. or like how is that how is that a that's, thing right like, nobody would ever put that in a policy yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> money, money for people. <laughs> um, so Larry finally gets in and convinces uh, the gentleman to to give the money to Joanna. Um, now Larry gets walks into the prof- the building. He gets into the elevator. Of course, he's sworn off elevator etiquette at this point. So he hears somebody saying, wait, hold the elevator. And uh, he makes this like half-assed attempt to try to pretend like he's going to hit the hole, (laughs) keep the doors open. Um, And he makes it so obvious that he's like fake, like he's just like half-assing it Um, before he realizes that it was Joanna. Yes. And then Joanna realizes it's him. And she just like looks so pissed off because she I thinks saw your he's face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that he's running, that he's like a deadbeat running from her for three dollars. <laughs> uh, so she has it, or as we'll find out, she now has it out for him. So um, Larry gets into the elevator with with uh, with everything intact, and he runs uh, up to his lawyer's office, who is also obviously as we reference his his doctor's wife. Yeah, so this is Nia Vardalos, um, and she's credited as lawyer. And so everyone, I think, it knows she's she's the lead in all like the My Big Fat Greek Wedding movies, right? And that's pretty much like her only big real credit credit that I could find. She, yeah, her character in those movies is so different than the character she plays in this. Oh, totally. So it's just yeah. great. Which is, it's weird that maybe her. Or maybe she, for her own reasons, but like, um, seems like she's a really good actor. I'm surprised she hasn't done like more expansive roles, you know. Yes, and then before we get into it, like, because you did reference it, um, you know, just the idea of like doing business with people that are like too close to you, like the fact that like Larry's primary care physician and the lawyer are married is, in my opinion, way too close. Oh, and, so like, true. So like, obviously, being a, like a small business owner, like up up in Maine, like I do like a lot of networking and stuff, and there are a lot of couples that have that are professionals or whatever and I'll go to networking meetings and I might do business with one of them you know one of them might be my accountant and they'd be like oh you gotta mm-hmm. see my husband or my wife like they could help you with this and I'm like <laughs> like I don't need you guys at, at home like doing pillow talk being like oh, I saw Ben today <laughs> and well like, yeah. I just don't want that and it's like as much as I like you guys and I want to give you my business like I just I'm not gonna do it so and it's funny that Larry wouldn't have thought that through before he has a lawyer and a doctor that are married together that seems so out of his character. I know, I know, especially with somebody like at that level, like of financial security, all sorts of stuff. You help, need to protect yeah, yourself big. Yourself. Yeah, so I think um, it's a good point, and I know members of my family have fallen victim to that kind of stuff, where it's like they get stuck or they feel guilty of like trying yep. to give like a family member the business. Like, like I remember my grandfather. It's actually just like what we're gonna have. He happened to Larry, where like he like <laughs> called called his like nephew or something was. I don't even know somebody I never met, but like, like a relatively close, but maybe distant relative, say like a first cousin or something. No, it wouldn't have been a first, maybe like a second cousin or nephew was a lawyer. And of course like, Oh, you got to give him the business, give him the business. So he like was like calling him about like legal advice and actually like had him as his lawyer. And of course like would get billed when they'd have meetings and this and that. And one day I guess he called the lawyer for like a quick like I was like a two minute phone call, like a quick question. And then a couple weeks later, he gets a bill in the mail for like one hundred and fifty dollars for that for that discussion, that two minute phone call. Um, 
and my grandfather is a pain in the ass anyway as it is now but like he just like flipped out and was like yeah I'm not paying that like you can like come pry it from my cold dead hands <laughs> um, it was so it it's yeah it's just you never want to mix like business and, and, and you know family or Certainly personal family. or yeah. yeah exactly so um, anyway so we get to Larry's lawyer's office and and this is kind of plays into what we just mentioned like the lawyer is like immediately being like, oh, I talked to Diane Keaton's agent. Like, what's going on? Like, what yeah. are you doing? And I'm, to me, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Hollywood's not that small of a... Like, the entertainment industry's not that small. Yeah. I mean, I and guess it is. Her but. attitude towards it's like, you know, what are you doing, Larry? Like, you can't, like, do that. And, you know, yeah, yeah he and he does say... And it's just like, well, I was at your, you know, your husband's office, and that's why I was late or whatever. And, um, but I, really I know. thought that was weird. Like, that's not her place to say it. For somebody who's no, a lawyer and no. in terms of like supposed to be like etiquette and what's right or wrong and, you know, lawyerly, that's kind of weird that she's blending those worlds and yeah. They're they're both doing the wrong thing and then he just like, he feels comfortable enough to be like, yeah, your fucking husband, like, you know, with his <laughs> idi- idiotic policies like made me late and she doesn't really seem to bat an eye at that. Yeah. So like it's, it gives me the impression that like, okay, I guess they do have a close relationship, but then that seems to change, right? Yeah. So there's this closeness between the you know, between the couple, like you can tell, but then obviously like we'll see like just in a minute right here. And then later on, like, yeah, just, it just turns and there's not enough of it to really sour the relationship. Well, I guess there's $1,500 in the middle, but, uh, kind of weird. It's very weird. It is. Yeah. It all, it's all, it's all, it's just all very weird. Um, but he, he seems calm about the Diane Keaton fiasco saying, oh, I'll straighten it all oh, out. Yeah. You know, and the, you know, I got it under control and, and, um, and then he says, oh, I did want to ask you something. I got a bill from you for $1,500. Um, and Larry says, I mean, uh, the lawyer says, oh, yeah, that that's for reading your script. And Larry goes, that's a joke, right? <laughs> um, no, it's standard so, practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it sounds like Larry gave her the script just like, to give it to her, not not to like ask her to read it. So it sounds like it sounds like there's a there was a misunderstanding where like Larry didn't ask anybody to read it, but like she went out of her way to do it. Yeah, because um, then even what you just said right there, she never says like, Larry, you gave me the script, told me to read right. it. She doesn't right. say that. So it almost sounds like I can almost imagine her calling Jeff's office and be like, Hey, like I heard Larry has a script. Um, as his lawyer, I I, I want to read it, and and Jeff being the idiot, the big fat idiot that he is, probably just like <laughs> sent it over. So true. Yeah. And I think that's like probably you know that doesn't happen to this episode, but that that that's a little thing that they probably could have added was like, how did she get the script anyway? And just like, oh, I, I sent it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that could have yeah. been pretty funny, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I just I love the banter moving forward. Like, she's she says fifteen hundred dollars. Well, that's you know that's three. I charge you three hours. But it took me like four hours. and Yeah. The notes alone and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Larry's just like, oh, well, I'm sorry for taking up your time. Like, he's just like immediately like personally offended. Like, as, as soon as somebody starts to like criticize his creative work. Yeah. And that, I guess that's a kind of a hidden theme in the show. And maybe like in real life, like he just like, he just can't take the constructive criticism. Right. Um, I'd be curious to see if that, if that's actually true in real life. And I know there are some true stories to that with like NBC back in the Seinfeld days, but... Um, this is yeah. the show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, <laughs> so then she she doubles down. She's like, I I'm I should have read it because it needs work. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my favorite line from the um, 
<laughs> from the from the episode, and I'm going to adopt this in my own day to day, and you know, uh, in, <laughs> as I go through life here, <laughs> is he goes, I'm not interested in your creative input about anything, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what I'm going to start saying because. I, I, my, my least favorite thing in the world is when people give like unrequited, like, um, uh, whatever opinions or advice or something like this. And, um, especially when it comes to like, you know, how, how I like would do something. It's just kind of like, yeah, like, did I ask you? Like, so it's so close. Like that's his craft, you know, like that's like his baby as we say. And, um. Like, I can appreciate how he, like, might be a little, like, on edge about, like, some random lawyer who, like, would, like, what does she know about, like, what I assume is a comedic script, like, of some kind, right? Right, and then she's, I have notes later on when she's in the doctor's office and this comes up again, but, like, unless he has a, a, a contract with her that says, like, anything that his, has his name on it, whether it's a letterhead, it's, you know, it's a script for a show and he wants her to read it for legal reasons, mm-hmm. then she should be able to read it. But this makes it seem like in the I'll bring it up again later in the doctor's office. But like, you know, then she's like, I'm glad I read it because it needed some work or whatever. So she's <laughs> she's not reading it as a lawyer. She's reading it <laughs> as like as as a screenwriter or something, a, right. a, a aspiring screenwriter, but then charging to read it <laughs> as, a, as lawyer. a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> right. But that right. And I know what you're going to get at when we get to the doctor's office, like the way that the husband portrays. it. Oh, so good. Um, and so then I, and I love how she just keeps going. She's like, and I'm sorry to tell you, but I gave, also gave notes on it and I'm going to bill you for for that too. too. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bizarre. But yeah, so first off, then just the sheer fact that Larry's so pissed off and just, he feels comfortable just like being an asshole to somebody. Like, I guess that's the show, but like, I wouldn't. You know, at that point, I'd probably just be like, okay. And then afterward, I'd be like, yeah, cutting my losses here. Like, come, you can come, like, chop off my leg for $1,500. Yeah. Um, But I love how he's just like, I'm going to take those notes and shove them up my own ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's such a great line and delivery. I'm going to take those notes and shove them up my own ass. Yeah. It's just like, I just can't figure it out. It's like, are they, like, have they known each other for a while? Is he just so pissed off? He doesn't give a shit. He's burning the bridge. It's like, I can't figure out the relationship um, yeah it seems like it's and it's her fault because she's taken a relationship that um there probably wasn't very many um there was no parameters set there was no barriers and right. that's i think when you're working with family or you're working with people that are close to you like barriers and parameters are like super important in terms of like this is when we're using this professional world and outside of this, but she's crossed that by doing this. And so I think he's fine with burning that bridge because, you know, they were close, they were fine, but then she is, she's going crazy. Right. 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 Yeah. And this, I do appreciate where he's like, you're not working for me. You're going to have a tough time collecting that $1,500. I suggest you try calling my new lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Yeah. So anyway, so right. As, as we say, he does burn that bridge. And of course, he's leaving now, and this is like our thirtieth interaction with the parking attendants and parking garage, and at this office building here. And I, as he's walking in the um, <laughs> underground, I guess parking garage, you just hear a woman go, "Hey, Lexus man!" <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, you no, try to no, pay no. me. 
No, I didn't. No, first yeah, of all, bitch. listen for a second. You... No, no, listen. I already gave the attendant upstairs ten dollars for you. You are lying. No, I want I, my I, money. I, ask him. Ask him. You I have... saw him. You tried no, to ditch me. I'm sitting here and I won't wear the No, it was you. Oh, I how many people look like me? I don't how know. A lot of people like look like you. I know that face, that honest glasses face. It's a face of a liar. No, it's not a face of a liar. Big That's not that. That's you. Lion man. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Hey, what do you think? I was born yesterday? Come on, buddy. Cough it up. I know that honest glasses face. It's the face of a liar. Yeah. Uh, and he gets angry, right? He's like, no, it's not the face of a liar. Um, and she's just Lying like, great. liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> yeah, she's so good. And then she's just like, come on, buddy, cough it up. Cough it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bizarre, uh, it, I don't know, altercation. When's the last time you said cough it up to somebody? I exactly. Mean, I think it was probably like in elementary school or something. I know, just like, it's such a dated reference. Yeah. Um, but I just love the fact that then the camera pans over. So he gives, he ends up giving this woman what he had, which was a $20 bill. And then he kind of turns and sees that his lawyer is getting in her car and kind of sees the altercation and just gives Larry a dirty look. But it's kind of funny that it, from her perspective, Larry's refusing to pay her. And then he now <laughs> sees this, that him arguing with this parking attendant over three bucks or whatever. Um, refusing to pay her, you know, the parking attendant. So, like, Larry just comes off as just, like, this cheap asshole, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I did make a note. I'm like, well, it's kind of weird that they have, like, the lawyer standing in the parking garage seeing the whole thing. I was like, it's, it's, it kind of wraps it up a little bit and it's kind of odd. A but, little bit. But, no, now that you said that, it makes so much more sense. Like, it's just paying this. She's seeing this light of Larry where he's just, like, and we'll see it again where he's, like, doesn't have any money. <laughs> you have a very it's, nice car, but you never have any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, like, that's what's so bad. So, like, he's now out $20 because he gives it to Joanna, but didn't have, she didn't have change. He no, only I already gave you three. all the change out of my pocket the other day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like, he's out 20 bucks there, but he already gave Joanna's money to Oscar um, to give to her, but she hasn't gotten it yet, so she doesn't believe him. So now Larry's back at the garage with Oscar, right? Isn't he billed? He's billed as Oscar, right? In the, uh, it just says male parking attendant. Or male parking attendant, okay. Yeah. So, but his real name is Oscar. Um, and, you know, Larry then now asks him after he goes, okay, that'll be like $2.20. Uh, he goes, well, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> I gave $20 to Joanna. Can I have the $10 I gave you that was supposed to go to Joanna back? And that's like a super confusing story. <laughs> like it just sounds sketchy. So I yeah. don't blame him from being for being like suspicious of Larry. Go back one uh, hour. Take it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he goes, this is why I don't do favors for people. That's what he says. <laughs> now, I don't at the same point, I don't see how it's that big of a deal. You just be like, all right. Yeah, it's this guy's money. He gave it to me an hour ago. I'll just give it back to him. Like, it's not my problem. But like he's like refusing to give the money back. Yeah. Which I think is very strange. Oh, Because yeah, maybe he pocketed it. Maybe that is the case. Maybe he, he spent it already. Yeah, maybe. I just love how combative he gets and he's just like, you know. Oh, go go back. Go back and take it back when you when you asking me. You know, you know and he's <laughs> yeah. just like, you, is that right. what you want me to go back to? And he's just like, 
Um, and then you hear the beeping behind him. I know. And he's <laughs> great, too. Me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and that's great because as Larry's getting out of the car, he turn, well, he, he realizes the person beeping is the lawyer, his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has this like massive bitchy face, like pissed oh, off yeah. face on. Right. So he gets out thinking, all right, I'll get you your two dollars and 20 cents. So he thinks he's going to be able to convince the lawyer to give him his parking fare money. Um, but yeah, as he's getting out, I love, I love the line. It's like, you, you have a nice, how's it go? You have a nice car, but yeah, you never have any money money. or something. (laughs) Yes. And now nobody should ever say a line like that. That's so offensive. Um, but anyway, so Larry's able to get the $2 and 20 cents, um, or $5 bill. These are five. Yeah. Yeah. But now Um, he's going to give her a 10. Right. That's what he, yeah. He's like paying these in, in like, He's paying like those like loan shark place like <laughs> based interest rates to people like doubling, yeah, two hundred percent interest rate. Um, so yeah, he's out. Let's see if he pays the lawyer back, he's out what like forty bucks or thirty five bucks, I guess, if you include the the, the toll. Yeah, so he's getting screwed. Yeah, he's really screwed. So um, he finally gets out of the parking lot, but again, now he's behind schedule. Supposed to meet with Diane Keaton at her house. He's a half hour late. He gets out of the car. Jeff's pissed. Jeff's like, why were you late? They're not really sure they're going to still be able to meet with her. And this is probably the the nail in the coffin. They ring the doorbell. Diane or a woman answers. We find out is Diane Keaton's assistant. Her her Um, name is Kim. And, but her real name is Chris Magana. And she was in, uh, I guess it looks like she like was like a producer of some sorts or some type of um, administrator like on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno and then also yeah. Penn and Teller, um, like oh, their okay. show. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So she doesn't have any acting roles. No, it didn't look like it. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so she whatever asks, does the usual assistant thing. Would you like anything? You know, have a seat here. You know, Has some Diana. attitude. Yeah, right. And I, I actually didn't really pick up on that. But then when Larry sits down and Larry and Jeff start wondering why the assistant had such an attitude. Um, then Larry looks over and this is such a dumb thing of me. I didn't realize this until a second ago. Larry is sitting there waiting with Jeff and he looks over and he sees a lamp and he says, oh, that looks that lamp looks very familiar. Um, and it's kind of like a side thing because then seconds later you hear Diane Keaton saying goodbye to somebody and it turns out it's Carmen, mm-hmm. the interior decorator who Larry fired earlier in the episode, who we knew did business with Diane Keaton. Did you pick up on that lamp? I mean, other than that, no, why? Oh, Oh, yes, it's the lamp I from Porno Gill. Exactly. I was oh, like, it, 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 it just hit me a second ago and I was like, at first, I was like, "Wait!" I was like, "Does does she does he accuse Carmen of stealing the lamp from his house?" That's what I thought it was going to lead to. But then, when the lamp just falls and breaks, hmm. that's when it hit me, and I was like, "Oh, it's the Porno Gill lamp." That's hilarious. So she must know. know that other guy um, from Porno Gill. Yeah, Brian. She must go to Brian's his shop, shop all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, and of course, obviously, there is more than one. Uh, Good pickup. Yeah. So. That's the the lamp looking familiar. That is funny. Um, and then he broke both lamps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this is what this is where it's just like, and this is kind of like Porno Gill, where like didn't we say like Porno Gill kind of like it's kind of like a slow moving episode, and then all of a sudden it just goes like 
crazy. Yeah. When she sees him in the lobby, it goes fucking nuts. And it's funny. I was watching this like in in little spurts when I was like taking notes. And so I like I hadn't. I, this is an episode that I go back to and watch all that often. So then like I resumed it, and then it was like them going to die in Keaton's house. And I don't remember. I hadn't remember this scene at all. And I was like, "This is so crazy." Yes, I totally forgot this. I I know they got into a fight, but yeah, I forgot the specifics, and and I never picked up on the lamb thing. So, Car- so what? Carmen sees Larry and goes, "Oh, I should have known." When Diane says, "Larry's keeping me waiting," she's waiting for you. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I love her voice. Yeah, um, and then. Um, she claims that she never got like her last payment or check and she, yeah, she, she wants demands, it now. She wants it now. And again, rightfully so. Somebody like Larry's probably not walking around with a checkbook. He has a manager and as he references, my business manager sent it. Um, but she starts like raising her voice. Like she gets wicked aggressive. Yes. Listen, you fire me. That's fine. You don't have any taste. You don't want my service. That's fine. But you owe me a check and I expect to get paid. So I want the check today. Okay, you 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 should have gotten a check. Larry, you know? I don't receive hey. the check. Please, I am a reasonable person. I want you to give me the check today. The check. I want the money now. Well, what are you saying? You want me to you, write a check right now? And you fire me. I have a reputation, and I have a history with well, my Well, I don't have a check on. Larry, shh, quiet down. Will listen, you? you tell me to be quiet. Will you just? I will tell down? Diane not to work wait, with wait, you. Wait a second. Wait a listen, second. You'll get your check. You listen to me. Don't tell me to shut up. I don't carry checks on me. Quit. You suck that. Give me my He's like, quiet down, will you? Uh, Dude, don't tell me to be quiet. <laughs> don't yeah, tell me yeah, to yeah. shut up. And I, 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 that gets so elevated, and it's just like you can. They're no, they're like on thin ice with Diane Keaton, and all they hear is like her screaming and being like, "Don't tell me to be quiet. Don't tell me to shut up or whatever." Like, yeah. Obviously, Jeff's there, so you can see and be like, "No, like she totally instigated it, and it got crazy." But like to everyone else that's not watching it, it totally sounds like Larry's like, you know, oh, ber- being yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, totally horrible berating to this woman. the woman, yeah, yeah. And she, yeah, and she attacks him saying, like, screaming, give me the check or give me my check. <laughs> and I love Larry. He's like, don't, don't push me again. And then, like, just, like, tackles her out of, like, self-defense. And that's, of course, when, when the lamp, the second lamp breaks. <laughs> um, and this is when, at the end, uh, or, you know, they're kind of wrestling on the ground. And then... <laughs> Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're an animal. animal. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to make out with him. It's like, this is so bizarre. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, like, was she instigating him for that whole purpose? Or she just got, like, turned on by getting, like, leveled by a guy? I don't know. I don't know So either. weird. Um, I feel like your wife would be into that. Do you want to, like, expand? <laughs> No, I was gonna say, um, Allison, every time we watch we watch Curb, she's just like every time he's in a dating scene or whatever, she's like, How does anyone find Larry David attractive? She's like, oh, I don't know why that. he's always in these scenes. She's like she's like, he'll have like these like, you know, he's dating these beautiful women or whatever and he's like and she's like, you know, he's so awkward, he can kind be kind of a dick, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have like oh, that yeah. many redeeming qualities. No, um, like and the Palestinian woman, like, oh, yeah. like some, there's some real attractive yeah. ones. Yeah. So, um, really interesting. I always think that whenever he's like in a makeout scene or when she was just like, yeah, I just couldn't believe that. 
Um, but like you said, I think it's, she seems like she's, this sounds super racist or, or whatever this is going to come out as, but like, she sounds like she's just like that, like unbridled, like, you know, European, yes, just like, yeah. you know, like, like, like hot, passionate lovemaking. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then trope. I started, yeah, I started thinking back to early in the episode and she makes a comment about his complexion. Remember when she first oh, meets yeah. him about how she thought he was, he'd be paler or something. Yeah. And somehow she was like, you could tell she was like, like more in, I don't know, happy that he, he is pale, number one, but that I guess he wasn't as pale as he, as she originally thought. Yeah. Now that it's you go back weird. there, it's true. It's almost like the Ted and Mary where it's just like, you know, their relationship and how it blooms. And when you go back and watch it, like, like she was like, oh, it's, I thought it was kind of cute the way that he bowls and he makes that thing. So like, she's already kind of starting back there. And then you look at the whole episode and you're like, yeah, she was kind of laying down some groundwork too. So I don't know. Like yeah. Larry, Larry's definitely writing himself uh, pretty high in this show in terms of <laughs> women finding <laughs> him attractive. Yeah. Um, and then of course, as they're, as they're wrestling and she starts getting turned on and he's trying to like pull away, you just see this, you just see these calves appear and in the shot and you see Larry look up and say, Oh, hi Diane. Um, so so we assume it's Diane Keaton. So why is this? I don't know. It's definitely, it's definitely her voice. It is on the phone in the house. Uh, right there. Um, so like, does she not get, does she get paid less? Cause like her, 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 it's just her voice and it's not, cause it seems like it's HBO. It seems like it's like, you know, I don't know. It seems like people would want to like just hop on for a quick cameo or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, you had Ted Danson on there. I mean, it's not like you know he had a big career by then. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm wondering if maybe it plays into this the whole kind of subtlety of they kind of built up Diane Keaton to be this like bigger than life. You know, oh wow, Diane Keaton, that kind of thing. The only thing I think of is like we've already talked about how there's been some weird things in terms of like how things were shot. Like last week for sure, like how there were some continuity things. Maybe they wanted to get Diane Keaton and they couldn't, so they just got to stand in and then they dub stuff in over afterwards. Maybe, yeah, that's a good point. Something like that. Yeah, because of shooting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I I've never hap- I happen. I don't know. I. It's like folklore. You would think that you'd kind of find something like this in an interview, maybe an answer, but I'll give Larry a call after this. It's also like so obscure. It's like in season one, episode five, the interior decorator, like one of like near least popular episodes of your hundred series. Why is Diane Keaton not show? Like it's like, what? It's totally like the Chris Farley skit with Mm. Paul McCartney. Paul is dead. Yeah. Remember when you, you said end in the end? (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> um, so we get now to the scene. That scene just ends with him looking up saying, oh, hi, Diane. And obviously you can assume that they're probably not going to be doing business together. But then Larry finds himself back at the parking attendant to go to the doctor's office because in the fight with the interior decorator, he re-injured his finger mm-hmm. and it hurts real bad. Um Larry's driving by and he sees Joanna working. He chooses to find street parking instead of park in the garage and deal with another altercation. And of course he goes to then put money in the meter and he has no money. So he starts asking and uh, this, this happens a few times in the series. One of my favorites uh, happens in season two 
where he's like kind of just on the sidewalk begging for something. Yeah. Um, so he's just begging for, you know, whatever, a couple of bucks. And everybody walking by is treating him like an absolute psychopath. Oh, yeah. Um, he but, looks like a normal person. Yeah. Anybody asking for change, you're always kind of like weary on the streets. But if it's somebody that's like asking for change and they're like they're standing out by a Lexus by a meter, like they obviously right. just need change for the meter. And it's like it's not going to be a whole thing and it's not going to be whatever. So but what if they're doing like a George Costanza where he's like leaning against the nice car <laughs> to make it look like that's his car? <laughs> yeah, that that could be true. The driver was a little... He was a little put out. <laughs> yeah, a little put out. Um, so, yeah, there, I've been in these moments where it's bizarre. There's all the, and you get you quickly get the, the sense that they're just these large scams where, oh, I need a dollar. I'm a dollar short for a bus ticket. Like, what? Um, yeah. And then we used to have this guy down at the CVS. I would go to the pharmacy. I'd go to... Um, and he would always be waiting out. He'd have a pickup truck and he'd have like a five gallon gas tank, um, you know, portable gas container. And he'd be like always asking for like $3 to get a gallon of gas that his car ran out of gas. Oh, all the time like, you would? Oh, yeah. He'd be out like twice a week. Like it was infuriating that like the, the company couldn't get him off their property. They wow. finally did. But it like years. The, I don't know if it was the same guy, but it would be like the same shtick, you know. Um, it's very strange. Yeah. So I, I'm totally used to that. So I certainly wouldn't be giving anybody like random, I mean, unless I just like happen to have 50 cents on me, I would, but, um, I just love how people like start walking faster after like he approaches them. Um, like he's some sort of like serial killer, but so nevertheless, somehow, um, he gets the money. It's probably not from the lawyer because the lawyer sees him begging for money on the sidewalk. And that's now the third time that there's been some sort of like financial broke ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe she does give the money, but somehow he gets to uh, the office building. And as um, Larry's walking in, he asks, he sees that somebody's in the elevator. He has to hold the elevator, but realizes that it's Marissa <laughs> from the beginning of the episode. And she does not hold the elevator for him. So Larry tries to, like most of us would try to do, race, you know, run to the stairs, beat the elevator by running up the stairs. Uh, they <laughs> the both scene meet. is crazy. It's so crazy. I, I don't remember. Is it the third floor that they're going to? I think it is. Yeah. So, you know, he's racing up three flights of stairs. They basically, it's a tie for the most part. They like get into the hallway at the same time and get into an alter physical altercation as um, they're running towards the doctor's office, they are, you know, pushing each other, tackling each other, crawling over each other. <laughs> um, I love when the camera switches into the perspective of like the nurse and the um, the um, front end, um, the, the, the receptionist. Assistant, yeah. Receptionist, thank you. And uh, you just see like the door like kind of opening and slamming <laughs> shut, like, and it's like you just like know there's like something going on on the other side, but you can't see it. Yeah. And then finally, like they both come barging in out of breath. Yeah, but um, then very like it's all over. It's like very politely, like she's lost. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah, and they're trying to like get their composure together. Yeah. Um, and not make a scene, but yeah, you, it's kind of weird, and uh, they kind of let it go, but like. I feel like under normal circumstances, like if you were like run, if you were like the office manager who it, I get the vibe that that nurse is basically that role. 
I'd be like, get the hell out. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, we'll call the police kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so bizarre. So Larry's kind of basking in his glory of Victor as he approaches the sign in sheet. Um, and Marissa is kind of waiting impatiently behind him. She's and he's breathing like, hard. Yeah. Breathing hard. Kind of like giving him dirty looks like he's taking his sweet time to like, you know, enjoy the win. And, um, they both sign in. There's no other seats. So Larry sits down. Marissa signs in. There's no other seats left but the one right next to Larry. So she's forced to sit down next to Larry as far apart as she can. And um, Larry then says, um, he like asks everybody in the waiting room, how are you doing? Like, so again, he's this chronic person who wants to strike up conversations with strangers and yeah. that's literally like the last person in the world I ever want to encounter like on a daily basis. Oh, totally. And I say that, but the the one the few times I've given in and allowed that to happen have actually been some of like the coolest people I've met. So I I say it in like a a funny way, like I'm like just like don't want to be bothered when I'm out and about, but then like the ones that I do and they're usually like older folks that will like strike up conversations. They end up being like some of the coolest, funniest, oh, most totally. interesting people I've ever met. Yeah. Um, so that's like, it's whatever. I'm constantly battling that dichotomy. I usually give in to the elderly because I like try to show some respect. And, and again, I've had good luck with meeting interesting people that yeah, way. They just have like more stories, the more things have happened to them. And yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so he just points to his hand Nobody asks. He just goes bad, bad finger. Like that's why he's there. Like <laughs> bad finger. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So his touch. <laughs> did you? I assume you knew. I don't know if you picked up on that. But I so was he like, starts singing uh, "Goldfinger" from right. the 1964 James Bond movie with Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, and I did look. It's sung by Shirley Bassey, mm-hmm. um, and she um, also sang the theme songs to two other Bond songs. Um, Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker. Yeah. And Goldfinger, actually, I looked on Wikipedia and it says it's the first Bond movie um, or Bond film to start the iconic intros with like pop artists. Um, right. Kind of it started that whole kind of thing that we still see today. Oh, um, cool. So I just love that bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and Marissa's not amused no. uh, as he starts singing, but she gets called into the office and Larry is like, wait I signed in first so he like jumps up to like and when she goes in I I, I pause it to go back to like get some notes on uh, Goldfinger um, yeah. she like she sticks his uh, tongue out at him oh I missed that when she goes in she like she kind of does like this like little like snake like hiss thing and she like sticks out her tongue at him like when That's she's going amazing. into the office yeah right like fuck you yeah that's awesome I never noticed that I just noticed like Larry gets all into a huff like zero to sixty um, and of course this nurse that we love here is just like, well, thanks to you, you know, we changed the policy. It's now based on appointment time, not arrival time. Yes. <laughs> so Larry's pissed because he thought he had beaten her out based on the existing, what was the existing policy. And now he starts yelling at them for listening to him in the first place, uh, <laughs> saying, why are you listening to me? Nobody ever listens to me. Um, so the nurse, I think takes, take, just really takes this episode because she's just like, Oh, I, 
I see. So it's just more about you going first. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> that's a good a me policy. First policy. Me yeah. first. That's the policy. <laughs> right. That's, that's such a good line. Um, and, you know, again, now he's stuck waiting. But this is so real life. This goes back to my office or whatever. And I think anyone has been in the situation you're we're huge fans of a policy when you're in when you're in the right but Absolutely. as soon as it as soon as it offends you or it goes against you it's like who the fuck wrote this policy you know yeah. what i mean no, and it's, so it's just so fitting that he's the one that changed it too because he was yeah yeah perfect and, the, and and like but then at the same point he's in the right like why would you change a policy based on one complaint especially without Nobody said that. Oh, Larry, you're like the tenth, twentieth person today that's complained. You know? Yeah, they actually they said the opposite. They're like, "Oh, most people right. like it or whatever." Right. And- so it comes back to like, <laughs> well, so are the doctor and the lawyer are they close to Larry and like Cheryl? Like, you would I think know. they would be if they're gonna like take his opinion so like seriously. It's so strange, but um, you know, so he's waiting, and then of course he starts bantering with the the random people in the waiting room, um, and they're not answering his, you know. <laughs> respond they're not responding to him so he just starts responding to himself saying yes. oh that's really fascinating i didn't know that <laughs> uh and he starts having this conversation with himself and it's just kind of funny because of all the people like i feel like larry would be the last one for somebody he he would not want some stranger to start talking to him and bothering him so he's such a hypocrite in this in oh. this case yeah the, i think this whole thing about the policy is all about larry david where it's he has these etiquette rules that work for him, but as soon as they don't work for him, then it's a problem and he can switch mm-hmm. sides whenever he wants based on certain situations. And exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. Yep. Um, so of course I don't think we see the clock, but obviously some time, some time goes by based on what Larry says. And Marissa walks out of her appointment and he goes, Oh, congratulations. She emerges. <laughs> and it's just like, I wanted to be like, dude, mind your own business. Like this woman seeing her doctor, like that's a private matter. But I just love how he's just like, what were you doing in there for 45 <laughs> minutes? Are you okay? Uh, and it's just like so infuriating, but hysterical because it's just like, who the fuck would ask that? Especially like in a gender role too, like a male to a female. Yeah. It's just bizarre. With that. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and then classic kind of the scene here is parallel to the earlier waiting room scene where this Marissa walks out, Larry gets in an altercation with her verbally, and then he gets called in with a screwed up name because he can't write his name. So the nurse then says, Lassie Maven, (laughs) (laughs) which like, and she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, who thought of that? Like, I know the first one, it sounds like his name, like Lurie Dodd. Dov. Yeah. Or Dodd. But like, who thought of Lassie Maven? <laughs> like, and then I realized, I was like, I wonder if that's a real name. It doesn't sound like a real name. doesn't sound like it either. No. I didn't look it up. Obviously we know, like Lassie from the show, but. Were there, were the, was the family's name Maven? No. That doesn't sound right. You mean 10 the show? 10 the show. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. Oh, I just see it on Twitter. What? Somebody has a Twitter handle? Yeah. Oh. Wow, they must be real big fans of the show. Yeah, and then like a picture of Larry David like shows up and there's like images of like It's bizarre. <laughs> it's all very bizarre. A Lassie Maven, graphic artist, musician, gamer, and more. 
mostly though i'm here to talk about video games and kick ass and i'm all out of ass no wait that's not right so it's some guy from new jersey who has 23 followers but his profile picture is larry david that's so weird so that man what what a uh what a pull that this kid has he must be a huge curb fan if his twitter name is lassie maven wow and he's doing well with 23 followers huh that's just hilarious though that is amazing yeah super obscure line yeah um and we should have named our podcast lassie maven (laughs) we'd have have one more follower from him exactly so we get to the final scene which is larry in the doctor's office again the exam room and uh doctor comes in you can kind of tell he's a little perturbed he's not as uh, jovial as the first time around but i wouldn't say he's like hi larry so so what, what what happened to the policy we changed the policy. After we had the discussion uh, at the beginning of the week, we just changed the policy. Just like that? Just like that. MD makes decisions. What do we got? The finger, you yeah, still bothering I, you. Much, much worse, much worse. I got, what I, happened? got I got in a fight. Wasn't the first uh, incident a fight as well? Very careful okay. there, yeah. This, this is another fight? Yeah, yeah. And, and who are we, same person? No, an interior decorator. You're fighting interior decorators? And I also had an altercation in the hall with one of the patients. When's the next fight? Maybe I'd like to see it. Ah! Very sorry. And when I do that, yeah. same thing. Worse when I do yes, that. Yes, yes. Okay. You uh, fractured it. It's a hairline fracture. It's a small one, but oh. it is fractured. Really? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? Well, I can't do anything uh, right now. I can't do anything, Larry, until you pay my wife's fee and my fee in advance. That's the way we're going to do this. Let me tell you something, okay, John? I didn't ask her to read that script. She, she read the script, she Larry. She didn't have to read that script. She did read but it, though. Who read it? I didn't she read, read it as a professional courtesy to Doesn't you, as a matter. friend of yours. Courtesy. She That's read a courtesy? It. That's some it courtesy. She I'd like some... to get courtesy like that from everybody. She Boy, took... I'll be you the would, you would be lucky if you did. That's she, quite a courtesy. She took the time from her day, and let me tell you what something. Time? She made some significant notes on that script. Who gives a shit about our notes? I didn't ask her to read that script. I don't want our notes. I don't care about our notes. I don't need her notes. How about the finger? How about that? Do you care about that? Yes, I do. Well, here's what's going to happen with that, pal of mine. Her money up front, my money right now, and then we take a look at the finger. How do you feel about that? Because that's the game we're playing now. What, what, what do you, do you need a couple of minutes? Because I got some patients I could look out out there. You know what, this, this is embarrassing. Yeah, you should be embarrassed. Not embarrassed for me. All right, give me a couple of minutes. I'll be right back and we'll fix it. Hey, you're gonna get Miles. MD. MD. And yeah, that calls the shots or whatever he says. MD yeah. makes decisions. Yeah. I love that <laughs> one. It's so good. <laughs> makes decisions. Um, so, you know, he says, Larry says, the finger's worse. Got into a fight with an interior decorator. And the do- I love the doctor where he's like. Isn't that um, how you did in the first place? There was a right. fight. Yeah. Getting into a lot of fights, you know. If you want to let me know when the next one is, so maybe I can <laughs> be there. Um, so I just love that banter. It's really funny. Yep. And. You know, he tells Larry, oh, well, <clears throat> you know, it's a hairline fracture. Which is so stupid. Squeeze there, squeeze there. Yeah, hairline fracture. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, no, you fractured no it, that's it. No, nothing. Yeah. yeah. No. So, Larry, I love Larry. He's like, you know, of course, fracture sounds bad. He's like, so w- what are you going to do? And Dr. Lynch, as we know him, says, well, I can't do anything until you pay my wife's fee <laughs> and, and my, my fee, fee in advance. In advance. <laughs> And that's like such a shitty thing to do because like you do that kind of thing when like 
it's like a deadbeat, you know, like somebody who's like stiffed you. Um, and I guess Larry has, he hasn't really stiffed him, but he stiffed the, the wife. Um, so this comes back to this whole conversation where you shouldn't be mixing these types of relationships because yeah, totally unethical and the the doctor shouldn't, and it's unethical for the doctor to be threatening Larry because yeah. of stiffing the wife. It's, it's totally a patient-doctor relationship. Things. It has nothing to do with what, right. anything that's happening on in that, exactly. in that waiting room. Exactly. Um, yeah, and you said something I just forgot, but um, yeah, in terms of like stiff, yeah, you do it for deadbeats, and I've, you know, in different offices that I've been in, usually some people like, they'll pay in full, or it depends, like sometimes people get care, and then like their payments do, so like sometimes they're kind of like almost getting care on credit, like that's just how my office runs. Um, but I do have some people that occasionally will like, they're like habitual like, their card won't run or whatever. And like, they like, they drop out and they want to come back. And it's just like, it's like you, it's so I'll start doing that too. Or it's just like, I'll see you, but you need to pay, like, like you need to pay for your past care and then you need, and then moving forward, you need to pay for care before you come in or at, at the I time know. of service. We can't do, we can't do this like credit anymore. Um, yeah, IOUs. Yeah. Those are, those are IOUs. Um, but then totally great, <laughs> totally. And I love this line that he says, <laughs> that's the way we're going to, that's the way we're going to do this. Um, yeah, such, <laughs> yeah, that's the game. That's the game we're playing right now. Yeah. So yeah. good. So I, I think it's when he goes, um, Larry, you know, responds, I didn't ask her to read that script. And the doctor says it was a courtesy. So like, if it's a courtesy, why are you charging money for it? Like I, you don't charge money to, for courtesies. Yeah, and that's what I said. Like, that's what the doctor goes on to say that it's a professional courtesy as a friend, and that blows his whole argument. And like right. Larry says, um, stating that you know he'd be in the poorhouse if he had everyone was so courteous. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good line. Yeah, some courtesy if everyone did that. Yeah, I'd be in the poorhouse. Um, and then I love the doctor doubling down. Like she made some know. significant notes. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like we're all supposed to take her like creative critiques seriously. Like, yeah. if I was Larry, I'd like, and I I give him credit. He's like, who gives a shit about her notes? Like, why would I ever listen to her creative, constructive feedback when I didn't even fucking ask for it? Um, you don't care about the notes. <laughs> well, do you care about the finger, Palomine? <laughs> because that's the game we're playing now. Oh yeah. my god, so good. It's so good. And then when Larry finally like takes out his wallet or whatever. And is gonna just cave and pay pay the money. Yeah. Um, hey, I love the doctor. Yeah, the doctor's like, this is this is embarrassing. Yeah, and, and so good. And Larry's just like, yeah, you should be embarrassed, <laughs> which is of course a great comeback. Yeah, um, which he should be. He's he's holding him hostage. He's holding his healthcare hostage. Pay for his place. It's, it's so shady. Um, so shady. Like that would be like immediately reported to like the board. Um, totally. And yeah, I love, yeah, the doctor's like, all right, give me a couple minutes. And then it's like, he sees the credit cards like, oh, you're going to get some miles. It's so fucked In up. most doctor's offices too, like, um, like doctors don't touch money, right? Right. You see right. the doctor and they leave. Like, when's the last time like you saw like a doctor take your credit card and was like, all right, I'm going to go run this real quick. I'll be right back. Never. Yeah. Um, so usually they're just like, I'll square it away with whoever, you know, up front. Yeah, I mean it's a good it's a good for any business. You you never want the owner or the the face of the organization to be like the bad cop. Yep. You know, you, that's why you hire people to kind of work the front end, so to speak, to to be. The oh, muscle. totally. Yeah, and I'm I'm like in my office too. Is like I I play all those roles. So like I too mm-hmm. like 
I get burned on that. Like I'm always more like I bend because I also have to be like the face. I'm also the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I can't like just pawn it off. Like there's some offices where like the wife does every, like she does the accounting and it's just like, uh, talking up with my wife or whatever. And it's just right. like you, and like we, when I worked in the bigger office down in Florida, we had like two staff members and one of them was then my wife, but it was easy just to be like, be like, Oh, I don't know what they do up there. You know? <laughs> it's just right. like, Oh, it's so good. But yeah. we totally do. Cause we have a team meetings like you need to talk to so-and-so and get that money from them. <laughs> and they come in like, Hey, how's it going? And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that totally yep. happens. Absolutely. So it's, um, yeah. And like you said, so yeah, the, the fact that he takes his credit card and walks out of the exam room, that's so bizarre. Um, but that's the, then cue, cue, uh, frolic and that's, that's yeah. the episode. Yeah. So what do you think about this episode, Ray, after watching it? Um, do you want to go back an hour and take it back like Oscar? <laughs> good, good one. I, um, no, I, I don't, I, I enjoyed it again. It's definitely not one of the strongest episodes, but I found it, um, I found it similar to the bracelet actually, where it's like, there are things, there are a couple of things to take away that are are really funny. Some of the, the interactions and the, like the elevator etiquette backfiring and blowing up and just the bizarre thing with the interior decorator. So I, I I certainly wouldn't take it back. How about you? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because, um, I think it's a decent episode, but I also feel like we're kind of in a lull right now in season one. Mm -hmm. I think the bracelet starts it. This is kind of the middle of the interior decorator. Um, or designer and then uh and no, then decorator yeah that's right and then next week when we get to like the wire i think that's kind of like a weak patch in this first season um but then it rallies back with like amco and beloved aunt um and i'm looking forward to covering those oh, um, but yeah. af- but while we were going through the episode like i actually while we were talking about it like i think i laughed more talking about it with you than i did watching actually like the first episode same. watching this episode yeah, um same and it does have all the parts. It has Jeff. It has. It's very neat. It's very you know curb esque in terms of like how it all comes together in the end. But mm-hmm. there's just something about it that just seems like kind of weak. It's missing a certain element. Or yeah. Uh, and I'm starting to think. I mean, I I think so. The Wired next week. Yeah, I think you're right. That's another one where it's like there are. I mean, I'm excited because there are a couple of good moments to that episode from what <laughs> yeah. I remember. But yeah, you're certainly right. Like. So that would be episode six, right? So episodes yeah. seven through ten are are pretty good, and then yeah, you get Amco, beloved aunts. I know um, the groups. The, the group, group is, is the finale, 10. right? Right. So there's some there's some gems, and then once at that point we hit the ground running. I mean, season two is gold. Season <laughs> season three is gold. I mean, onward, you know. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, cool, awesome, man. Well. Another another one in the books, as they say. Yes. So we will be back next time, like we said, to cover um, episode six, The Wire. All right. Take it easy, man. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Do You Respect Wood is not endorsed by HBO. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Kirby Enthusiasm, all its names, characters, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. 